Alright, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters of The Brush, it's Chris Grundy, your host of The Brush Shop Show. Tonight, we're heading into season three, episode number nine. We're heading out to Tulsa, Oklahoma to speak to Henry, the owner of R&H Solutions, LLC. Let's see if Henry is here. What's up, Scott? Henry, how's it going? What's up, brother? How you doing? All right, all right. Let me see here. Wait one second. I hit my sound up. We're good. All right. How's your day, Henry? Pretty good, brother. How you doing? Not bad. Uh, thanks for joining me this evening. Thank you for having so me. So you are in Tulsa? Tulsa? How do you say that? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa. Tulsa, yeah. Oklahoma. I've been, okay, saying it, I've, I've been saying it wrong for 43 years. Either that, <laughs> or, you're, either that or you're saying it with a super strange accent. <laughs> I might be. That is all, a all good, all good. You know where you're from. <laughs> I know where you're at. So uh, let's get into this one. Let's do it. Who are you and where are you from? So my name is Henry, uh, owner-operator of RNH Solutions. Uh, operating out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. And uh, yeah. Oh, you're from originally from Miami. What Born and raised in Miami. Miami. Were you young and you had no choice, or how the heck did you get up to Oklahoma, of all places, from Miami? Yeah, so my dad, uh, my dad's actually Colombian, so my dad's entire side of the family is from Colombia. I come from primarily immigrant family, uh, and <clears throat> somehow he made it to Oklahoma and got married here. And I was living in Miami, Florida. Uh, I got into a fight with my mom. Uh, said a bad word, <laughs> and she kicked me out, and I, I got sent off to Oklahoma. So, yeah. And the rest was history. So how long have you been in Oklahoma now? So I've been in Oklahoma since I was 15. I'm 33, so about 18 years, but kind of on and off. So I was here until about 22. I went back to Miami, Florida for college for three years, uh, and uh, just things kind of weren't working out over there and uh, decided to move back. So I've been here now, back in Oklahoma for 10 years. Oklahoma for 10 years. Right on. All right. So let's get into this. How long have you been in the industry? So I've been in the industry for about 15 years, um, kind of on and off. <clears throat> on and off for 15 years. So how, how did you get into it? Were you in high school, dropped out of high school, finished high school and said, I'm going to paint? Did you do any post-education? How did that work out? What, yeah, so how, how did you land with the brush in your hand? So I landed with a brush in my hand. Uh, my dad's been a general contractor for about 32 years. And uh, one of the things that he did the most was paint. He learned from an old school painter way back in the day. And um, so that's where I got on with him. I was working one day with my, one of my best friends at a fast food restaurant. And we just absolutely hated it. And uh, we were living with my dad. So we were paying rent living with my dad. It was kind of like a bachelor pad type of situation. And uh, we just quit our jobs and went back home and we're like, hey, dad, uh, what's up? We need a job. <laughs> and he was like, uh, I don't even have any work lined up. <laughs> and that's basically how it started, working with dad. Right. And so you were working at a fast food joint. You know, yes, I, sir. it's a weird thing, but I always wanted to ask somebody, how the hell did you quit the fast food joint? How did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> did you just not show up for your shift? Did you tell the manager, you know what, F you, I'm out of here? Dude, so we we were at a party, and it was, so the night before we were partying, the next day, we're waking up, 
Everyone else, all the other homies have this whole plan to go to the lake, go jet skiing and go party the rest of the day. And we were like, and we had to go to work at seven in the morning that day. And uh, we were just tired of it. And we were like, man, screw this, dude. We're not going to go flip no burgers. Let's go jet ski. Let's go party. Let's go have a good time. We'll just ask dad for a job and see what's up. And that's just kind of how it happened. We just never showed back up. <laughs> <laughs> but you got that last pay, right? Yes, sir, we did. <laughs> that, that's all that matters. Okay. So you worked with dad. How long did you stay with dad? Um, so I stayed with dad for about seven years straight. Uh, my friend and I didn't know anything. I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing. And our first job that we did with him was a full-blown garage remodel. So the garage was just bare-bone studs. And so that was basically, you know, Stripping everything, getting everything ready, drywall, mud, tape, um, priming, texturing, painting, caulking. I mean, we've never done any of it before in our lives. And my dad just basically took the time to teach us everything. Right on. So while you were learning painting from your dad, you also had another job, right? Yeah. So throughout the time. So at that time, no. At that time, we were just working with my dad. And so we worked for my dad for about seven years straight. And then um, we both kind of ventured off in different uh, career paths. So we, we did like we worked in the oil, uh, oil industry for a little bit. And then um, <clears throat> I went off to college. But while I was in college in Miami, Florida, I was still doing paint work over there. So like my, uh, my aunt, she's been doing Mary Kay for 30 something years. She had an office there. And then in that plaza, there was other uh, independent contractors uh, that had their little offices. So once they knew that I was over there patching holes and caulking trim and repainting everything, they were kind of gig me out to, you know, fix up some of their stuff and repaint that. So throughout college, I did that too. And then I came back here and worked for UPS for a little while. And even while I was at UPS, I still did paint jobs for my dad because uh, I used to work loading trucks from four to nine o'clock in the morning. And then at nine o'clock in the morning, I would get off of work shoot to wherever the job site was with my dad and go paint for another 10 hours. Right on. So let, let's fast forward a little bit. So now you're working UPS and with dad. And then at some point in time, you went out to go on your own. Yeah. So um, I was working UPS, loading trucks, working with dad. And um, we actually started working some industrial stuff. So we were doing industrial for a couple years. And uh, spraying offshore or uh, big, big 40, 50 foot um, offshore oil skids. And um, that kind of just kind of came to an end. That company got bought out and sold out. And I got an offer at UPS to become a driver. And uh, it was one of those things where it was like $32 an hour, full pay benefits, all this stuff. And I was kind of just chasing the money. Um, and so I said, yeah, and did that for about five years. In between that, five years I ended up having two hernias so I had to get operated on in that time I was like I don't even like this you know I don't even like being an EPS driver it's not really my thing and I was considering starting a paint business but I didn't know anything about business I knew everything about paint nothing about business I was scared so I just kind of went back to the truck once I got better and then earlier this year it was kind of like just a few things like I, I didn't like my job I'm a very happy person, positive person. It was kind of making me angry, toxic. Um, I don't like, I don't know how a lot of you guys in Canada, I, know, I don't know how it is in your area, but I know that it gets like icy and snowy 
I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. I don't do any of that ice and snow stuff. Here in Oklahoma, it gets like that sometimes. And I already had to do enough of it. But, okay, so fast forwarding, <clears throat> right before I quit, I started getting some pains around where my hernia was before. And I told my boss. And my boss was like, all right, well, can you just work today? And I was like, dude, like, the last time it was a pretty serious thing, and now you still want me to go risk myself. And it was just one of those things where I felt unappreciated all the time. <clears throat> Not that I should be appreciated, but it's one of those things where you're putting 200% every day. And then uh, one day it just fell down, ice and snow all over the place. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. And so I called in, and I was like, yo, I'm not coming in today. And uh, they were laughing at me, basically. They were like, why aren't you coming in? And I was like, I'm not putting my, you know, I'm not risking my life for you guys. And they basically laughed at me and was like, you, you don't get it. You just don't get it, dude. You're a UPS driver. This is what you do. And I was like, no, I'm not a UPS driver. You know, <clears throat> this, is, this isn't what I do. And so I was like, I quit. I'll be there tomorrow to turn in all my stuff. And uh, in between that time, my wife and I were creating what we called the escape plan. And the escape plan was RNA solutions, just trying to like learn a little bit about business and figure out when I was going to be able to just kind of pull away from UPS. And I was going to wait a little bit longer, but I just decided to call it a quit. So if, if there's any UPS drivers out there, listen to what Henry is telling you. Have an <laughs> escape plan because yeah. you will need it. You're not going to yeah. drive UPS forever. They're toxic. Yeah. Listen, if there are UPS drivers, you get paid well. Save your money, have a plan, and escape. There you go. There you go. That's, uh, yeah, you know, I never never think about those guys, man, running around in their trucks all day. I see them all the time. They come to my house four times a day. I get brown <laughs> ones, white ones, orange ones. They come in all different trucks and all different companies. But uh, I never think about those guys, you know out there in the road. I see them getting parking tickets like crazy, like downtown Toronto is a pretty crazy <laughs> thing. And uh, really? yes, and they love to write tickets. Well, we're like a, a smaller version of a New York City. We're the fourth largest um, city in North America. Okay. So Toronto is a pretty big place. We have yeah. like 3 million people kind of thing. But wow. uh, the UPS drivers, yes, they love to get those tickets. It's, it's just a weird situation because they have nowhere to go. They have to drop a package downtown. And sometimes you see them with 10, 20, 15, whatever tickets on the windshield. So that's why I'm it. surprised because we were, we were trained to park anywhere, block people in, block a handicap, really, eh? <laughs> park it, deliver it, go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. So, Going into this uh, RNH Solutions escape plan, how did this pan out? So you quit your job. How long did it take to get your first gig? Uh, so funny enough, uh, friends, man. You know, uh, you start calling friends. You start letting them know, hey, I quit my job. started a business. If you need anything painted, hit me up. So the first few jobs were just good friends of mine. Uh, that were just calling me up and were like, uh, you know, one of them was a friend of mine that just bought a house. Um, it was one of those uh, renovation loans and uh, he was tired of seeing the ugly exterior and he just called me out and said, hey, I know you need some help. So come out here and paint the house and uh, we'll have some beers afterwards, have a good time. And it was kind of that, that same situation with two other friends after that. Okay. 
so that, the that first year, because normally I ask, so what was that first year like? But yeah. let's let's tell the people when did you actually open RNH Solutions? January thirty first of this year. Of this year. Okay. Yes, sir. So that first year is this year. Yes, sir. So without getting into the last couple of months, because I know a lot of the people do know who you are and know some of your story. Let's talk yeah. about the beginning of the year. So you got a few friends' houses going. What was your first actual client that wasn't a friend? Uh, first actual client that wasn't a friend was uh, someone that my mom knows. It's a disabled lady. And uh, my mom lives in an apartment complex. And the lady was living at, at the apartment complex. And she just bought a house. And uh, she needed a wheelchair ramp installed uh, to get into the house. She needed some of the doorways opened up uh, so that she can fit the wheelchair through there. And she wants it, a couple of accent walls done. And also in the entrance of the, uh, like when you're walking in on the front porch, there was a piece of the siding there, you know, that old school T-111 siding, that nasty stuff. It was just kind of bellying out from some uh, water damage. Uh, so we replaced that. And when we opened up the doorway, she wanted those barn style doors that you slide. Okay. So we, we installed those and uh, uh, sanded, primed, caulked, painted those doors for her. So, yeah. And that was actually right when the, all the crazy pandemic stuff happened. So when everything's shutting down and people are telling you, you know, you have to be an essential worker and all this other stuff. Here in the state of Oklahoma, we were considered essential. So it wasn't anything crazy, but it was one of those things where she bought the house, wasn't going to be in it for about a month. So it was, it, was, it was actually really good. It worked out perfect. Right on. Okay. And then you wrap that job up. And did anything stem off of that job or where were these other leads coming from? Uh, it was kind of organic. Um, so like I said, my dad's a uh, general contractor. So uh, he <clears throat> was just kind of letting people know, hey, my son, you know, uh, uh, my son and his wife opened up this paint business. Uh, so if you anything you need, hit them up. And so it just kind of started happening like that. And it just so happened that when the pandemic happened, I guess people were buying houses like crazy because of the low interest rates. And uh, it was kind of like after that, after the disabled lady, it was another person uh, that bought a house and wasn't going to be moving in for like three weeks and wanted the entire interior repainted, popcorn ceiling removal. I know that you're a beast at that. Um, again, another house uh, that uh, they bought a house. They weren't going to be there for three weeks. And you guys repaint the interior, repaint the trim, fix some trim. So it actually worked out. And it just kind of happened organically from there. Right on. So I see that you've been widening doorways and this and that. So you obviously offer more than just painting. So what are some of these other services that you offer as well as painting? So I grew up with my dad besides painting, doing a lot of carpentry uh, and roofing and stuff like that. But I don't offer any roofing or anything like that. Uh, but we'll do trim work. Uh, we'll replace drywall, we'll install new drywall, mud tape, uh, crown molding, obviously that's part of trim work. We'll replace doors. Um, if we're doing exterior, we'll replace siding, fascia, soffit, you know, all that stuff. Right on. Do you currently have uh, any employees? No employees. So I do primarily a lot of the work. My wife, uh, she does a lot of the behind the scenes work and also works with me. So <clears throat> I actually met my wife because she worked for my dad. Uh, 
And that's where I met her was working for my dad. So when I came back from college, she was uh, working with my dad painting and stuff. And that's how we met and we got together. So she was already experienced in the paint game and we just kind of kept developing from there. And it was actually a blessing to have her because I didn't have to teach her much. She already knew a lot of things. And, you know, I feel like women are very meticulous and very tedious. And so she's, I call her the Bondo queen because she's just good, great at Bondo. She can run a beat of cock better than most guys that I see. So she's pretty awesome. Right on. And yeah, other than that, sometimes I bring my dad on if he's not too busy, if, if he wants to come on. <laughs> and uh, I have a best friend of mine that grew up with me uh, working with my dad. And he has a full-time job, but if he's not busy, he'll come out and help me out for a couple hundred bucks. Okay, right on. And what makes you stand out in your area, Henry? So in my area, there's just a lot of shoddy work. Um, there's a lot of uh, underbid work, and there's a lot of, like, drug addict work. There's a lot of – over here in Oklahoma, there's, like, a lot of uh, meth issues. And so you'd be – I mean, I'm sure you I'm sure you get surprised a lot walking into some of these houses and you see just horrible work. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that what makes us stand out is that we are honest. Um, we do quality work. Um, I'm not going to waste my time with people. If they think that we're too expensive, I just tell them that's okay. I try to help and refer them to somebody else in the area that I would recommend. Uh, nine times out of ten, they end up coming back to us most of the time, especially if they hire the other guy, and then we have to come back in and fix. That kind of happens a lot. Yeah. Do you ever get the people that have spoken to those, uh, say, let's less qualified, less expensive painters, and then try to get you to come down because they may have liked you better? Yeah, and, and I get how, that. How do you deal with that? So let's just say I'm one of those less qualified guys. I'm going to charge you $100 to paint a room. You told them 500 They call you and they say, look, we have a guy that will do it for 100 Will you do it for, you know, we liked you better. Will you do it for 200 bucks? What do you tell me? So I think, you know, it kind of depends on, like, what is going on in the room, right? So if there's too much going on, if there's, like, a lot of drywall repairs and we're going to be removing popcorn and skimming the ceiling for a smooth surface, repainting everything, if there's, like, a lot of trim damage and they want us to fix all that, I'm not going to lower my price. Mm -hmm. um, if while we're going in to, like, bid that one room and I notice a lot more stuff that needs to be done in the house, I'll say – well, we can work with you. What if, let's say I can do it for X amount in this room. If you consider us for some of this other stuff, I see that you need some work here. I see that you need some work here. And that's happened on two jobs so far this year. And I ended up landing it. Right on. Sweet. And how do you market your business? So <laughs> kind of like guerrilla marketing, man. Um, you know, starting off this year, I invested a lot of my uh, savings and my 401k from UPS um, on acquiring stuff like sprayers and just equipment, ladders, um, safety gear. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen on one of my posts, but I have a post where I'm up there spraying chimneys. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it is about here in Oklahoma, but they started picking us a lot to freaking go and spray chimneys. Um, so... Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> how, how, how you market your business. Okay, so how we market. So we tried to do Instagram. That didn't really work as much. 
And we don't have much money to throw at like uh, TV commercials or radio or uh, Google. So we just guerrilla market, man. I would go and cold, what they call cold calling, but I didn't call anyone, dude. We'd hit 10 offices a day, contractors, uh, developers, realtors. And we would just go, we'll go to 10 of them a day, one week. One week passes, go right back to the same people the next week so they don't forget my face <laughs> until and we how, annoy them. And, and how does that work out? It works out great, man. It's right. I mean, that's, that is primarily what has kept us afloat all years, going out there, hustling, talking to people, introducing ourselves. <clears throat> Most of the times I'll go with a business card, some stickers, just because it's kind of fun, and then like a little black folder. Um, with our sticker on the front and inside the folder is uh, two sheets of paper printed out nice with our logo and all the services that we offer. Did I lose my sight. You there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, I lost some for a second. I didn't catch the last part. So we'll go to the office. Piece of paper. Yeah, we'll go to our offices with a folder and inside the folder there's two pieces of paper, copy paper, nice and printed with our logos with a list of all the services that we offer. That way I'm not just going in there and say, hey, we paint. That way they have a folder, they can run through it later on and say, oh wow, they do trim, they do drywall, you know, they, they do painting, all that, carpentry. And they paint chimneys. And we paint chimneys. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. Okay, Henry, I want to ask you, how does social media play a role in your business first? Before we get in into how it plays in on your, on your personal end of things. Yeah, okay, so in the business, like as far as getting me work, we've got like one job from social media. And it was one of those uh, early pandemic ones that, that somebody bought a house. So that worked out. But uh, in terms of business, Earlier on this year, when we first started out, I have all kinds of before and afters from my dad's days, but I don't really have anything from my days. So we went to this one house where this lady was like pretty anal about some things and we were trying to sell the job. I wasn't being like a salesman, you know, I'm not a salesman type of guy. Um, and she was like, well, do you have some pictures? And I was like, uh... I got Instagram. You can see some pictures on Instagram. And so I started learning if I just kind of point people into that direction or maybe older folks that aren't really on Facebook or Instagram, I can at least have the phone right here and I can allow them to see everything right there in their face. Mm -hmm. But I don't really get much business through social media. Okay. And then on the other end of it, personal end of uh, social media on Instagram, how has that worked out for you? Personal's been awesome, dude. I mean, I literally started an Instagram for the company because I thought that I could generate business, not even knowing that there was a whole world of painters out here like you guys, like you, Painting by Josh, Shade, uh, uh, you know, Turner Painting, Bresson, you know, countless amount of guys, Marco, Todd, uh, Sam. <laughs> I had no idea that there was a whole world of all you guys on here sharing you know, videos, talking to each other. And that's been really cool because I've been able to like learn from you guys, talk to you guys. So that's that, that, that for me has been more than anything else. Right on. Now, yeah. you had a little mishap earlier this year. Yeah, man. What <laughs> happened there? Because I, I, I lightly know, I don't know the full story of it. So I don't know if you want to touch on that, if you're open to mm. talking about that. 
I don't mind, brother. Yeah. So um, it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off like it's a whole movie, right? Go it for was it. The, we got lots of it, was the, it was about the the most perfect way you can start a day, right? It was a beautiful weather. My paint rep called me up, uh, my sales rep, and was like, "Yo, what are you doing?" Because he actually led me to this job. It was a 72-year-old Marine veteran. It's the first veteran that we've had all year. So I was already pumped about just that because he's a super nice guy, really cool guy. Um, so my, my sales rep calls me up. He's like, yo, you want some coffee? I'm like, yo, bring me a coffee. He actually brought me this Corona brush hat that same day. And uh, we had some coffee, shot the shit for a little bit. He left. <clears throat> I got everything set up, got my big ladders all set up. It's half brick, half siding home, one story. Um, we start shooting all the soffit, all the fascia, the gutters, all on one side. And I get to this one corner, and you can even see in one of the posts that I, I have a post there of that day where my leg broke. <laughs> I got my high paint shield up on the on the on the rip edge of the shingles, and I got my little shooting a little spray line right there. At that moment, I got down off my A-frame ladder, and I was gonna move it, and then I start looking. And I didn't even have to get on it. The big ladders that I had, I could have reached that spot. But it was one of those things where I was like, ah, oh, just let me hop up there on my A-frame real quick. All I, all I wanted to do was just hit one little spot where the soffit board butts into the fascia. And uh, I hopped on the ladder real quick, not even to where, you know, where it says on the rung that you're not supposed to be on. Wasn't even on that. I guess I didn't pay attention. It was uneven surface. And it was just my little six-foot A-frame. So, like, imagine here's the A-frame ladder, and here's me. It just dropped. Like, literally just dropped. And I went horizontal. So I weigh about 180 pounds. So imagine just this – imagine somebody holding you up horizontal and just dropping you. And it was like, here's the legs of the ladder. And my I just fell horizontally, and my all my body just fell like that. So my knee right there. My, my, right under my knee, my leg looked like a quarter pipe, like on a skate ramp. <laughs> so it was you actually quick. broke skin and everything? No. Oh, God. No, no thank God. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank goodness I didn't break any skin. It was just kind of like warped. It looked like. <laughs> and I've grown up all my life skateboarding, doing martial arts. You know, I've had some pretty wicked deals, but never anything like that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So what was the initial break? How how badly did you bust that thing up? I had so much adrenaline pumping that I didn't even really know what happened yet. Um, I know my wife was, and it's funny because she was recording a little bit. You know, we were just kind of recording some spraying right before that. So she almost caught that on camera. Um I know she like, like out of reaction, she like dove to try to catch me. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I didn't even know what happened at the moment. I just knew that something didn't feel right. Uh, back in my skateboarding days, I used to tweak my ankles a lot. And so I would always jump up real quick. So if I tweak, twist my ankle, jump up real quick and see if I could walk and I'd be okay. So that's like the first thing I thought of was like, let me see if I can jump up and see what happens. And as soon as I stood up, dude, my leg just went back. Like, just bent back, and I was like, oh, baby, I, I don't think I can walk, dude. And, uh, yeah, we didn't know, really, so she called her mom, 
And I uh, was like, how do you know if a leg's broken? And she was like, uh, x-ray? <laughs> so we went to an urgent care, and that's, that's where I found out first. So I was at the urgent care and uh, did the x-ray. The lady comes, the, the uh, PA comes back in, and she was like, dude, and literally, like, I'm not even lying to you. She said, you're fucked up. And I was, and my wife and I both laughed, like, <laughs> and she was, I was like, like, what do you mean? Like, am I going to be okay? And she was like, if you ever want to walk again, you need to go to the hospital like now. And that's when I was like, oh, all right. I wasn't aware it was that bad. <laughs> yeah. So off you went to the hospital and they did surgery and everything else. A couple surgeries now? Dude. Yeah. Hold on one second. So, Yeah. Went to the hospital. Thank God that I went to urgent care because they gave me a little DVD disc. And that DVD disc showed the x-ray. I was sitting there in the emergency room and they weren't really like in a rush to see me. So my wife was like, you guys need to see this disc. And so they went, showed them the disc. Next thing I know, bro, I have five surgeons walking up to me. An entire entourage. And I'm, I'm like tripping out. I'm in a wheelchair. Mind you. When I was in the urgent care, I had to take all my clothes off for the x-ray and wear one of those gowns. They didn't let me keep the gown. So I'm in my underwear <laughs> in the emergency room, like not knowing what the hell's going on. And uh, so they're all coming up to me and they were like, dude, we need to take you back here and have a talk. And uh, they literally used the word gnarly to refer to my break. Uh, pretty much explained to me what they're going to have to do. They were like, we're going to have to put an external fixator on you. And I was like, like, what the hell is that? My wife's Googling, you know, what the hell is an external fixator? And that's when I ended up finding out that I was going to have to go to surgery the next day for them to drill into my femur, drill into my shin, and hook up a freaking titanium rod on the outside of my leg for about two weeks before I could have surgery. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. <laughs> my one of my uh, cousins had a motorcycle accident, and it was weird because he did like a whole tour of the U.S. and he had just got back. He was five minutes from home, pulling out of a fast food joint. I guess they stopped in, and car smoked him on the way out. He had one of those bars Ooh. in the front of his leg uh, for quite a while, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw Mickey asking earlier if they gave you ketamine in the uh, ambulance. <laughs> I don't even I wish I would have had an ambulance no dude it took so they gave me a uh, one lower tab uh, when the surgeon saw me and it took like 12 hours one out because the doctor that like held that floor or whatever he didn't call in any pain meds he didn't call in a dinner I didn't, I didn't have dinner that night uh, so yeah it took 12 hours for me to get another Norco and some morphine and and you pay for this in the US too yeah Oh, yeah, brother. That's some shitty service that you're paying for. 12 hours, no food, no nothing? Very shitty. Yeah, nothing. I mean, nothing. We got we to wait when we're here, but at least they give us medicine and food. <laughs> and this is one of the better hospitals. So oh, I was really? like, I was like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. Well, the ketamine, uh, I don't know if you ever chatted with Mickey, if you know who Mickey the painter is, that uh, Ooh, crazy, crazy Aussie guy down there. He had a fall earlier this year. I think it was in like January or maybe even, yeah, January, February. And he had a pretty banged up uh, hand, his wrist or whatever. And they gave him some ketamine. You want to see a good video? Go check his page out. I'm sure it's still up. He even got, uh, what was it called? Uh, he got a MCS from, from his surgery and stuff. 
I can't uh, tell you what MCS is. You have to go to his page. It's it's not rated for this show. But uh, so so let's go, so so let's finish up with that. So this must have set you back because now it's been has it been a couple months already? Yeah. So that happened on October fourteenth. Yeah, and uh, I had the external fixator installed the fifteenth. I had to go home for a couple of weeks, which that was a whole thing because. You know, I was in the hospital for that for six days, and the physical therapy people, uh, physical therapy people come in and they're like, "All right, let's uh, get you hopped up and walking because uh, you're gonna be going home today." And I was like, "Home? I gotta go home with this freaking rod in my leg?" And they were like, "Yeah, just for a couple of weeks." And uh, so yeah, I went home for a couple of weeks. That was crazy. And um, then I had uh, the rest of my surgery on October 27th, where they installed like a seven inch or eight inch plate in my leg about seven long screws and then i think uh five or six little screws kind of where my knees at okay so and so you got to go back again to get these out no 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 <laughs> no no those are in there for the rest of my life oh those are permanent now those are permanent that's part of me now yeah all right so you'll be setting off the uh Alarms at the airports. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, what is the market like in your area? Um, there's a lot of development going on here. Um, there's a lot of people actually now that are moving from California, Oregon, Washington, New York. Uh, you know, specifically after all this crazy pandemic stuff, um, and buying homes here. And uh, so it's just been like a pretty crazy boom here. And uh, like I was saying earlier, I tried to I tried to get into some of the new construction stuff. I didn't really like the prices. I didn't really like the way that they kind of roll with it. You know, uh, you have to come back and touch up three different times. Man, that's not how I roll. You know, I like to go do my job, get it done. If I have to come back for touch-ups, it's already scheduled in for that, and then I'm gone. You know, I do walkthroughs with all of my customers, every job. I make sure that everyone's super satisfied, happy. I, you know, we, we have a warranty on our work, and then after that, I'm gone. So when I try to, you know, dip my toes in the new construction game, I decided we'd maybe go into, like, with custom builders, and then I found out our niche was fixing all the work from new construction. New construction as in like uh, subdivision new construction or? Yeah. yeah, so like all the brand new homes that get built by a lot of the developers here, you know, it's just real fast work in and out, in and out. And uh, so sometimes, uh, so there's, a, there's a, a, a color here in Oklahoma that we call Tulsa beige. It's like just like, you know, the regular beige that gets painted in every freaking house. A lot of new homeowners, they don't like that, so we'll come in and fix that. Or like I said, just not uh, bad cut lines, you know, cut lines that aren't straight uh, on ceilings, cut lines that aren't straight on trim or door frames. So we'll go and end up doing accent walls and straightening everything up for people, fixing that. Bad trim paint, uh, bad trim paint jobs, we'll go and fix that. Okay, so on that end, are these flyer jobs? Are you going into these new subdivisions with flyers? You're door knocking, how are you landing these jobs? Yep, we'll go out there, man. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, one of the first things I did this year and through my connections with UPS was uh, <clears throat> a screen printing company. 
So they're the people that uh, do my business cards, my truck wrap, um, our stickers, everything. Uh, my metal, my metal, big aluminum metal yard signs. Um, so we're known in the area as the truck with the big red brush. So I got my R&H solutions all around the truck, on the back of the tailgate, two big red brushes on the side. <clears throat> I know that it's kind of like a signal for, hey, everybody, check me out. I got tools in the truck, but I don't. I take my shit out of there. <laughs> okay. So once again, I'm going to direct this one to you, Scott. Did you hear what he said? He's got the big brushes on his truck. Scott got this big truck. A lot of guys have these big trucks with no advertising on it. And I, I just laughed because these are the guys that want to go put up the big billboards and pay thousands of dollars when they have this blank space right on their truck. You know, I, I know it, it might not be for everybody, but if you're in business, man, advertise your, your space on your truck. That's your, you know what I mean? That's how you're getting the work. That's how people know that you're there. That's how the neighbors, not everybody. So look at this. I just moved into this house. I have you come and paint my house. You come in a blank truck. My neighbors don't know me because I just, I haven't even moved in yet. And you're there painting. I can't tell the neighbors who you are when I don't know them. The neighbors are going to see who you are. Because yeah. your truck is there labeled. Scott, yeah. next week, I want to see you typing. I did it, Chris. I've been, I've been begging him like for like six months, maybe longer since he's got his new truck to label it. But uh, he always gives me this excuse that he has to get this skyjacking. <laughs> and apparently in Georgia, if you're pulling something that weighs more than something, you can't have a lettered truck <laughs> without a certain mean? insurance or something. I don't know. That was one of my biggest complaints here in Oklahoma. There is, so I have a black Ram 1500 Bighorn. Uh, do you know how many black Ram Bighorn, uh, Bighorn 1500 trucks there are here? I see hundreds of them a day. And so I didn't want to just be not known, especially uh, getting out on my own. Everyone knows my dad, but a lot of people don't know that I went out on my own, especially my dad services one area and I was servicing an entire different area. So, you know, I wanted to stand out. And you know what even makes your truck even stand out all that much more over lettering too? Some nice rims. Yes, that's rims, the plan. Rims make a truck look beautiful. I mean, yeah, there's some nice factory rims. And I mean, I just use a minivan for a work truck. I can't drive with factory rims. My winters are my factory rims. I got my winter tires on the factory and I got some, you know, nothing. It's, it's a minivan. I can only have so many aftermarket rims for that vehicle. But I mean, I picked the best ones that I could find for it. And it changes the whole look of the vehicle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it, I, I see you guys, with these, especially, especially with big trucks like you, like that you have, you know, those big Rams look sweet with rims. Changes yeah. the vehicle. You know, all, yeah. like, all of our vehicles, my wife's two vehicles, we got rims for all of them. I, I'm an aftermarket rim freak. Well, so. and I learned that whenever you're pulling up to an estimate, it just, I feel like, and, and maybe not, but I personally feel like the customer sees, okay, this, this guy takes his, his business seriously. 100%. And, uh, you know, I, mean, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure there's probably people that go out there and spend a bunch of money on a wrap and all this and do crappy work. But I feel like most of the time people are going to be like, I'm sure that they take their stuff seriously and they're going to do good work. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I, you know, when you take care of your vehicle, you're going to take care of someone's house. I've had clients that have found me because of my clean vehicle. And they say, if you could take care of your vehicle like that, you're going to take care of us. 
you know, yeah. in similar words, I can't remember the exact, but you know, just from having a clean vehicle, shiny armor, all tires, clean rims and washed vehicle. I hate having a dirty vehicle. Don't look dirty. inside because they don't see inside. <laughs> Put it this way. My, sometimes my vehicle is so effing messy inside. I strategically park my vehicle that when I go out to it, they can't see in if they're looking out the window or something, my disaster in there. But the outside, yeah. it's, it's, it's spotless. Uh, unless it's Canadian winter like now, man. We got salt all over the road. Today we had only two centimeters of snow, which is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing. Like two centimeters of snow. We don't close down the schools like they do in Tennessee. But uh, it, was, it, was just, it was all ice, man. This was like snow, but ice. I actually had to turn around on a little tiny incline because I couldn't, there's a first time in my 40s, well, I wasn't driving 43 years, I'm only 43 years old. My driving career, I've never once got stuck. But today I had to turn around because I couldn't make it up a tiny little incline. I was gonna, and, I, and the reason is I haven't, I love my rims so much, I haven't switched to my winters yet. <laughs> so I'm like spinning and spinning and because of a little incline in front wheel drive, it's pulling me to the curb. And now yeah. I can't spin anymore. I'm going to start chewing up my rims. So I was like, oh, shit. So I wait for the cars to go by a little bit of a reverse, do a 180 spin and down the hill and around the block. But um, <laughs> so, Henry, what do you feel has been your biggest success this far? So in the business, uh, just being honest with people. Uh, in our area, we wanted to kind of break the stigma. So, you know, there's I feel like for whatever reason painters have always gotten a bad rap uh in terms of like being alcoholics or drunks and uh being grouchy and cranky and we just kind of wanted to switch that up you know i mean i like to have a drink and stuff but i'm not, i'm absolutely not a drunk and uh we find so many cranky contractors in the area that we wanted to give people we're all about giving people an experience as well so we're going to give you an awesome paint job but we want to build relationships, you know, because if we build a relationship with you and we keep you happy, you know, what, how do I know that you're not going to refer me to your grandma, your kids, you know, your uncle, your friends. And so that's, I think that that's kind of been one of our biggest successes is building relationships in our area. Right on. That's, it's yeah. always important to have those good relationships, right? But like yeah, you said, sure. what I like that you said earlier was that you seem to be like a go-getter, you know, hitting up those businesses, going back multiple times. Like you said, remember my face. You know, a lot of guys mm. don't do that. A lot of guys yeah. won't do that. Or they'll hit it up once and just give up. You know what I mean? I'm not going like to give up. I'm going like to come at you. I'm going to come at you until I get you, until you're annoyed with me and you're just giving me work. <laughs> there, you there you go. All right, Henry, do you have any big plans for the near future? Yeah, man. Uh, so... My wife is pregnant, and uh, so we're very excited about that. So right now, one of my main goals is I'm doing everything I can every day uh, to get myself ready to walk again. That is my goal, is to get back into get back to work. Um, so before my leg broke, um, we were involved in a business networking group where we're uh, it's called Spark. We're a nonprofit uh, helping other nonprofit organizations. And uh, so I went over there today to have uh, to one of the meetings the first time in two months since I broke my leg, and they assured me that there's plenty of work for us. They're holding on. Um, I also uh, had four contracts lined up before I broke my leg, and they were very adamant about they they refused to have anyone else work on their house except for me. So that is my goal: get back to where I'm walking, so I can start lifting my totes again and get back to work. 
maybe uh, see if I can find someone like just a hand to kind of help me bring stuff back and forth from the truck and go and get all my clients squared away and taken care of. Right now, that's the main goal. Of course, I want to scale the business and grow, but right now, that's that's the goal. I got to take care of the people that have taken care of me, and then we'll move forward. Sure. Sounds sounds beautiful, and congratulations on uh, the new baby on the way. When are Thank when you, your wife do? So 420, April 20th, uh, baby's due, and baby number one. So we're super excited about that. 420. So yeah, when I'm a, I guess I'm about a month before you. Really? Okay. Twenty March twenty fifth, I think. Wow. That's the, the due date, yeah. So that's that's my uh, my Irish twin, because the other one is gonna <laughs> be like like fifty three <laughs> weeks older. So uh, gonna gonna be fun times in the Grundy house, that's for damn sure. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into some viewer questions, let's talk about your favorite brush. I see you wearing a Corona hat, which also tells me that your sales rep was not from a Sherwin-Williams store because they would not be giving you a Corona hat out of a Sherwin-Williams store. No. So uh, I, when I started the business, I went and opened up an account with Sherwin, obviously, and that's all I was running was all Sherwin-Williams products. Um, I don't, nothing against them, no problem. It's my sales rep who has now become a friend of mine, Hunter. Shout out, homie. Uh, he, his name is Hunter. The dude literally hunted me down. He saw my truck. He saw my truck one day on the road. I got my number on my truck, called me, tried to get me to go. It's a Spectrum is the name of the company. So it's actually a company I ended up finding out that was locally owned in Oklahoma. And they're all across the northeastern part of the country. Kind of like Dunn Edwards is like real uh, in, in the western part of the country. Mm -hmm. um, and he just kept bothering me, bothering me, bothering me. And uh, one time I was at my dad's house because we're getting ready to help him uh, get that house sold. I was over there spraying the garage door and helping him do some interior work. And he just popped up on me uh, with some Corona brushes, <clears throat> some Premier brushes, some hats. And uh, that's actually what drove me over there because, you know, they carry PPG and uh, Benjamin Moore products and stuff. And so I figured, well, you know, I've kind of been wanting to try some scuff X in advance and stuff. So let's, you know, let's go give it a get, uh, give it a shot. Um, so favorite brush. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of the guys here are always shitting on Purdy and whatnot. I'm not saying Purdy is my favorite. I'm just saying I grew up on Woosters and Purdy's. And that's what I primarily just grew up with. That's what my dad bought. And that's what we used. Uh, to this day, one of my favorite brushes would be the old school uh, big three inch wall brush Purdy's. Um, but I like the Coronas. I like the oval handle ones. I think those are cool, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I really, really want to try some of the old field brushes, uh, the Proform Blaze. Um, I, I really want to get into some different brush styles. I'm not really, you know, stuck on one brush. If the brush is nice, um, I don't care if it's soft, stiff, as long as it's gliding and I'm having a good time, we're ready to rock and roll. Okay, well, let me give you some advice on that because the Aussies have the best brushes. Yeah. Okay. So, so I land, your, land yourself a monarch, but in the meantime, do you know HP Geelong? Matt from HP Geelong? I know Matt. Talk yeah. to I've... him. Get some of his brushes, dude. You will love them, if, especially if you like a soft brush. Because I don't know dude. if you watched the, the other shows where I said my initial thoughts were I was not going to be able to use this brush because it was so floppy. Yeah. It's unreal. It's a, I, I yeah. actually sent him a video today because we take care of our brushes. Um, on this last job, 
we used a different brand of paint. It dried up. It was beautiful stuff. I've never used it before, that line anyways. Um, but it dried up on the brushes pretty good. So it was pretty loaded with paint. So I showed him a picture. I sent him a video and I said, look at this brush. Look at the way these guys are treating my beautiful brush. I got tons <laughs> of them. He sent me a bunch. But uh, I said, look at this. But then I showed him the bristles. And as mangled as this brush looked, the body of it, the bristles are still 100% like this. 100%. Oh, wow. Try those brushes. If you haven't tried them, he'll, he, he's got them for sale. And he's very reasonable too. And I'll tell you, you won't go back to the Purdy. Yeah, real you quick. Know, I, I, listen, I, sorry. I think a no, lot of the guys that have been painting in the earlier days, like 20 years and stuff like that, a lot of us started with the Purdy's and the Woosters. But once yeah. you start stepping outside of that world, you realize that they're actually, I, I don't want to say shit brushes because they're not shit, but they're not supposed to be the price that we pay for them. No way. No way. No. So that's actually what I wanted to say was uh, Sam, the right painter. He just opened up his store, Painters Emporium. I'm super excited about that because he's carrying HP Geelongs. He's carrying the old field. So now us Americans can uh, have access to brushes like that. So I'm super stoked. And I was looking on the website before you and I got to talking. $18 for a three-inch with uh, a pretty boy paint shield cover on it. I was like, that's ridiculous. That's an amazing price. I thought it was for, a super cool uh, for a three-inch witch. It was just one of the three-inch uh, HP Geelongs, and it comes with the with the Pretty Boy paint shield cover on top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right on. I mean, yeah, you're paying twenty just... something dollars for a freaking Purdy at Sherwin, you know? That's what I'm saying. They're overpriced. They're... Yeah. It's it's not that it's a bad brush. It's just that they're yeah. way overpriced. I'm yeah. not paying twenty seven ninety nine for a brush. Hell no. Yeah. Even if you're gonna say, well, you know what, we're gonna give you a two dollar discount because you're a painter. Give me, give me fourteen dollars off, and I'm still not gonna buy it. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, come on, yeah. Danny, get out of here. This has to be <laughs> <for> Danny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's like you know, like I, I, I have a lot of brushes that I like. My local brush that, well, not local, but the one that I can buy here and I buy them by the case is the Richard Fatboy. Todd, okay, says they're very similar to the Blaze. It's one of my favorite brushes. Is it the best brush? It's not the best brush. It's a decent brush. I'm used to it. I've been using it for probably close to six years now. And I love that brush. And when I buy them by the case, they work out to be like nine bucks a pop. You buy wow. it, but, but that's buying it by the case and I get a very good deal on those. I've seen them in stores. I've even seen pictures on Instagram at different paint stores where you can see the price, $27.99 for a three inch. I won't buy it for $27.99. Nine bucks, eight bucks is a good number. If you're buying an individual, you might pay 10 or 12, but that's what a decent brush should cost, man. Not 30 bucks. Yeah, I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't even know that there were so many badass brushes until here on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so ever since here and watching all the homies paint with all these awesome brushes, I've been like, yo, I need to really get into these different brushes and see what I'm missing out on. Yeah. I had a, another company, local company. They're just in Mississauga, just outside of Toronto on the west side of us. Uh, they sent me five or six brushes, took them out of the package. I was like, eh, you know, to me, it kind of felt like a homeowner type brush, but I, I, I pulled it out today. I was cutting in some very deep red on some crazy angles up into the points and stuff after we removed some popcorn and I was very surprised how that brush, it didn't feel like it was going to be a nice brush. It felt like a homeowner type brush, man. It okay. stayed together. It stayed together on that red. It 
ran straight. I mean, I run the straight lines, but the brush has to stay together. You know what I yeah. mean? You can't have bristles like string on you. That's when you're going to hit the frame and shit, right? But uh, that, that thing held up pretty good. I can't remember what it's called, Amica or something like that. Um, I don't even know where you can buy them. They had just sent me like a four or five pack plus a single. That's um, awesome. Yeah, they were they were decent. And then I don't know if you saw the post I put up the other day with the uh, Richard Evolutions. That's a new brush. Yeah. Super stiff. I love, I, love a, I, love a, I love a soft brush. That was a stiff brush. It worked. It was nice. Cleaned out easy. I still like my soft brush. So, yeah. But uh, definitely try to get a hold of those HP Geelongs. And if you're serious about a brush and you want to try a good one, get any Monarch. They're okay. They're I'll give it a really, really sure. good brushes. And I know Mickey was offering to send people if they wanted to pay him to pick them up and the shipping. Like I know a guy uh, in Washington ordered some from him. He sent him four or five brushes for about, I don't know, a hundred ish dollars with the shipping ish. Okay. So, I mean, I'm sure you can reach out to him and uh, figure something out. Definitely worth giving a shot, man. You try that out you will love them. The only problem awesome. is then you're going to have to call him, you know, a few times a year to say, hey, man, send me some more. Send me some more. <laughs> but, uh, if they were stocked locally, I wouldn't use any other brush. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Any other brush. Like, they were really good. They It, it lasts pretty good, too, until my three inch, one of the three inches I had, uh, one of my guys let it go too long and never took care of it good enough. So it's a decent brush still, but I can't use it for fine, fine. If we're taped off, it's okay. But freehand, I can't, I can't use that one anymore because he yeah. beat the shit out of it. Anyways, <laughs> do you have some advice that you would like to share? Advice? Uh, man, <clears throat> right now, I mean, I've always been a pretty positive dude, but right now I've just been pushing positivity, man. Uh, after breaking my leg, I'd be lying if I didn't say that uh, it was a little difficult, especially the first two or three weeks. Because I'm just used to waking up at five in the morning, you know, getting the coffee going, getting ready, you know, loading the truck, going to work. <clears throat> so it really just kind of slowed down my momentum and uh, kind of threw me off track. <clears throat> and uh, so I've just tried to meditate, <clears throat> kind of ground myself again. I talked to uh, Brian from Pretty Boy a lot. He's really helped me out a lot to kind of just put some things into perspective and stuff. So just be positive. You know, no matter what, there's enough negativity in the world. You know, we don't need more of it. 100%. All right, Henry, let's jump into the fun part of the show. The viewer questions where we can have a little bit of fun here. So yeah. we're going to start with, uh, let's, let's go down to Mickey's question in Australia there. Mickey wants to know, what do you like most about our paint community on IG? And do you have any favorite painters? Shit, dude. I have, all you guys are my favorite painters, man. You guys all kick ass. And, uh, one of my favorite parts about the community is just everybody talking to each other, you know? <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to keep, like, bringing up the fact that I broke my leg, but breaking my leg was actually a good thing, I feel like. It brought me closer to a lot of the guys here on a deeper level, talking more, and uh, I was just kind of amazed how much everybody reached out to me. Uh you know, the paint family, and uh, they all got together. <clears throat> they made uh, Edward from Protol in charge of starting a GoFundMe for me. That was crazy, you know. I know I've already made several posts thanking everybody, but if I could take the chance again, thank you guys very much. I appreciate every single one of you, uh, donations or not. I appreciate just wisdom, uh, guidance. I appreciate 
words of encouragement, you know, people shouting out, giving me a, giving me a call, talking to me on through DMs. So that's been probably one of the biggest things for me is just, you know, learning from everybody, how uh, everyone, everyone operates business differently, right? So there's no one way to do it. So it's kind of see, it's kind of cool to see everyone else's styles and uh, everyone else's paint styles, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's been one of the really cool things is just being able to learn on here. hundred percent. And you know, it, it's, Instagram is pretty wild because I mean, you can go into your local paint store and see other painters there. Majority of the time, you're not going to get into a conversation because you guys are like competitors. This is the, this is the whole thing with the paint store, right? There are some yeah. guys like me, I'll try to talk to anyone in there, but not everybody wants to talk. Some guys, they stay in their little corner. They got that grumpy look. And then you come to IG and it's like, everybody wants to talk to each other. You know, you yeah. broke your leg. Eh? Everyone's like, well, you know, Henry doesn't have insurance. What, how is Henry going to live? Look at these guys come together to help you out. These are guys, other guys that are in the same trade as you that actually yeah. literally can sit there to help you get through your hard times. You yeah. know what I mean? Where normally in the paint store, it's almost like we're not, I don't want to say enemies, but it almost feels like that a lot of the times around some of these guys. I don't even dude. I'll walk into the paint store with other painters and be like, what up? And everybody just thinks I'm crazy. I get looked at like, you know, they don't even give me the time of day. And you know, nobody wants to talk to each other. Everyone, like you said, everyone's just kind of grumpy standing there in a the corner. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, you know? I, I know I drive Mickey crazy. I send Mickey about 14 to 20 long, as long, what do they max out in a minute? I'll send him like five or six of them in a row and have him listen to like seven or eight messages. And then I get back a 30 second one. And before he can even send that off, I already got another three or four. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool. No, it, it's great, man. I love talking to uh, all the different painters. Like, where would I know a guy from Australia? How would I know a guy in Oklahoma? Yeah, man. I mean, if I wanted to go to Trinidad, I can, you know, I got a guy in Trinidad. You know, it's like anywhere, mm-hmm. almost anywhere in the world, I know some kind of painter now. It's like the best thing, man. It's, it's super Dude, cool. I'll tell you like this. <clears throat> my dad uh, went and finished a job for me while my leg was broken. And then he, and then I, I got, I subbed out another job to him to, for him to go do. He went to Sherwin and the manager there knows me very well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Got nothing, you know, not even a phone call. Here on Instagram, I don't know if, if you know Painter Solutions, the, the store. <clears throat> Out of nowhere, they, I guess they, they uh, got my address and sent me an entire box of all kinds of shit. I got a video of it on my IGTV. I saw <laughs> I don't it, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. You know, like not even your own local paint store where you've spent thousands of dollars uh, will do something like that. But here on Instagram, <clears throat> you barely know somebody. They see that you're down. They help you out. 100%. 100%. All right, let's move on and let's go to Johnny, the happy painter down there in Texas. And we know That's the answer to thing. this. We know the answer to this one already, but I'm going to ask you the question anyways. What type of vehicle do you prefer and why? Well, honestly, I'll tell you straight up, I would. I, I started thinking that I would kind of prefer a van now <laughs> because I love my truck but it's kind of limited and uh right before i broke my leg we were lined up to we were basically trailer shopping we're about to buy a trailer because thank goodness we've been blessed enough where the company was really catching you know wind and growing this year and when you know you know when the company grows you start looking into like dustless uh sanders and equipment and Mm -hmm. the totes keep stacking up and stacking up and eventually it's like where am i gonna put the baby at um so yeah i was uh 
I think that a van would be cool, but I think I love my truck a little too much. I love the four-wheel drive. <laughs> mm. See, now, for the look, I think the pickup truck takes the win. But yeah. for the practicality of it, I would much rather a van yeah. over, over mm. a truck. I, I had a truck. I still kind of have a truck. I, I, I've done that. I had the Tundra covered, like the big fiberglass one, the one that just goes over the body. You know, I used to, oh, I used it a lot of times for work, which I shouldn't have because I had it custom painted and jacked up and all this other, it was more like a show truck, not a work truck. And uh, the stupid liner leaked, the seal broke on it and the rain was coming in. I lost a lot of my tarps. It turned moldy mm. and say, you know what? Forget this, man. I'm going back to my van and that's it. Never drove that truck for work again. But no. uh you know, if you're one of those people like that has your shop or you're using your garage and you can back up at the end of the day and whip everything out of your pickup truck. It's like my mom, she got me something for Christmas that goes over your windshield. It's like you have to get out of your vehicle, take it out of the bag, put this big black thing over your window, open both doors, connect them on the inside and then shut your door so the stupid thing doesn't blow away. And what this does is it stops you <laughs> from having to scrape the ice off your vehicle. Um, well, okay. what the hell am I going to do with that? You know, I, first of all, I don't have the patience to get out of my vehicle at the end of the day, go to the back, open it up, open the, open the, you know, open doors and blah, 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 blah. So yeah. I can't do a pickup truck because at the end of the day, I just want to get in my house. I don't want to go to the shop and take everything out. I'm not going to leave it all out in the truck for someone to steal. Imagine this. So we first started the paint company in a third floor apartment. And it was in a nice area, but I don't trust nothing. You know, I just spent thousands of dollars on a, on sprayers and gear. So I used to literally take totes of gear and a Titan 440 in a tote with the hoses and the extension cords and everything up three flights of stairs, no elevator, and then back down at five o'clock in the morning to get everything ready. <laughs> Eventually, it's like, damn, I need to get out of here and get into a garage or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So is that are you still in an apartment or you're in the, you have a garage now? No. So after I broke my leg, you know, we had to get out of the apartment. We were going to be moving anyways. We were going to try and find a spot um, so that, you know, something with a garage or something. But <clears throat> all that kind of got on hold. So right now I'm living with my mother-in-law. Thank goodness. She's she's uh, she's the best. She's awesome. I, I, I'm very blessed to have her in my life. So right now we're here. All of our tools are safe. All of our stuff is safe. Right on. Right on. Yeah, it's always good to have someone to back you up, right? Yes, sir. Let's head back down to Australia to Wellings Painting. Good old Tony he wants to know, oil or water-based enamel? What's your preference? I mean, everything has changed so much ever since back in the day that I prefer water-based. I feel like it's just so much easier, easier cleanup. I feel like nowadays it's just, uh, as long as you you know you know how to <clears throat> brush, uh, as long as you know how to apply it, uh, or even if you're just gonna spray, I feel like it works just as fine. I feel like it looks just just as good. I think it looks fantastic. I'd be lying if I didn't say that I am kind of getting bit by the fine paints of Europe bug that I see going around everywhere here on IG. I want to try some of that stuff. I think it'd be pretty fun, but I prefer water based. I used to do yeah. a lot of industrial painting and, uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of the marine coatings. 
<laughs> and it's just nasty, especially when you're dealing with like MEK and stuff like that. Like back in the day, <laughs> we'd wash our hands off with MEK and stuff. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not good. That's not cool I, stuff. I, I've taken bath in xylene, buddy. Yeah. You know what that's like? You know, you know what that feels like? <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know. Well, I'm sure there's other things that are a little, can burn you up a little bit more than xylene. And this is after using Varsal for years. The xylene yeah. would just burn the hell out of me. Crazy yeah. stuff. Crazy, well, crazy stuff. doesn't feel any better. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. All right, let's move on here. We're going to head out to England, Dragonfly Decorators. She wants to know, if you could team up with any other painter on IG for a project, who would it be and why? Just one project. Just one project. Damn, that's like really, really hard because there's so many painters on here that I would love to team up with. Uh, well, let's just say this for ease. There's a there's a painter here in my area. Is uh his name is J D. Delores the painting. <clears throat> right before my leg broke, we were talking a lot, and uh, we were gonna get into some commercial stuff together. He 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 does a lot of subcontracted work from an, uh, one of the other bigger paint companies here. And I was just actually amazed considering in my area, I don't see not even a quarter of the prep that we do in this area. He does it like to the max. And I was just so surprised by his cleanliness, uh, site protection. Site protection is like a really big thing for us. Um, <clears throat> and so I guess if I could team up with anyone, it'd be him. I don't know if a lot of you guys know him, but go check him out. Galorza painting is a, He's like a one-two-man show, family man. He's a really good guy. Okay. I'm not sure if, I'll follow, if I follow him. I'll have to uh, take a look. All right. Marie also wants to know, what's the best and worst thing about being a painter? The best and worst thing. <clears throat> Listen, man, I've had a lot of jobs in my life. I don't really know what's the worst thing about being a painter, uh, especially working when I was working with my dad as a general contractor, he did so many things, roofing, flooring, tile, wood floor. I hated all of that painting. I always loved, um, <clears throat> I love finished work. So we love doing trim work, uh, crown molding, stuff like that. We love hitting it with a nice, uh, <clears throat> semi-gloss enamel. Really a lot of, a lot of the trim work here is, is semi-gloss. Um, so, the best thing about being a painter is personally like owning my own business is just having the freedom to do my own thing and kind of pick and choose. Like right now, whenever we were establishing the company, you know, it's kind of like just grateful to get whatever we could get. But I just love waking up in the morning and doing what I love to do every day, man. That's what I love to do. That's probably the best part. Right on. So you can't think of a worst part. I know what the worst part is to me. And that's the other trades. The other <laughs> trades that, you know, that think that yeah. the painter is going to clean their mess, especially the fucking electrician. They got to be, well, they're right up there with the plumbers, but I think they, they're a little worse than the, uh, than the plumbers, the electricians. Stuff, yeah. They do. They like to leave their old pot lights right where they drop it. They change an outlet. The old one goes down. All the wires that they strip, it's right there. You know, there's garbage right there, but it just goes right there and they don't clean it. They leave yeah, mess no. everywhere. You know what I can't stand? Sometimes uh, if we're doing interiors and stuff, we'll ask the customer if we can leave our tools there, if we're going to be there for a week, <clears throat> especially if we kind of feel it out and we trust it. 
<clears throat> and then if they have somebody else, like an electrician come and they come and they get your freaking drywall saw and they start using it. And first of all, they're butchering the freaking drywall that now you have to go fix. And then second of all, they don't even put the damn tool back in the bag. Super annoying. Dude, plumbers, they get me too. Um, you know, they do a lot of, we do a lot of drywall repairs and stuff like that too, right? So, you know, there's been times where I remember going in and all the plumber had to do was cut a hole in the ceiling close to the wall and cut a hole in the wall, okay? And there's like a 12, 14 inch plaster crown molding that he could have went from the wall and the ceiling <laughs> and left the crown. But no, the bastard just hacked the shit right out of the crown. Now, thankfully it wasn't detailed, but we had to still find a way to build that piece of crown in because he smashed the hell out of it. So it was gone. So we got some cardboard and we made the thing. We sprayed it down with some, I think we used the, like a spray glue, almost like spray 77 or whatever is the 3M. Yeah. Just to harden it up, slap some Durabon on there, cut the, we used the part that was still good to make the template, shot the mud on, just pulled it across. Turned out beautiful. Nice. But it's like, all you have to do is not be in a rush. He's going for an emergency call because there's an emergency because there's a flooding toilet with no shut off. <clears throat> so the people can't shut it off without going to the basement. And they probably don't know where their water shut off is, whatever the hell the story is. It's like, dude, leave the crown, go above it and below it, you know, but they just hack the hell out of it. And not, only that, not only that, they have stud finders. They know that they can stay within the stud. <laughs> but no, they got to go that much to that side of the stud. You know, just enough that you can't patch it in. So you got to cut it out or shim it. You know, do you I ever think that maybe sometimes they do it on purpose? <laughs> oh, my God. I just don't think they give a damn because uh, they, 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 just, they just don't. It's like, you know, as painters, I know I always think about the other guys. If they just if the guys just came in and put in a brand new countertop and I got to paint, you know, some bulkheads above that, I'm going to cover that countertop. I'm not just going to go smack my paint on there and leave the paint all over. You know what I mean? It's like protect that guy's work. You know, they come in, yeah. we got everything all cleaned up. They come in with their shoes on and walk through the house. Like, get the, I got to get on to the next question because this one is just going to get me heated and I'm not going to sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's head out to uh, Dazzling Dave out here in Mississauga, again, just west of me. Does music help at work and what sort of music do you listen to? Yeah, most definitely. Music always helps, man. I love music. Uh, do we listen to all kinds of music? So, we love everything, anything from rock and roll, you know, oldies, new rock, hard rock, hip hop. I'm a huge hip hop fan. Uh, love classical music. We'll go, we'll, we'll listen to like 40 Hertz, like yoga music, Japanese water music. So a lot of the times it depends on like the customer and what's going on, you know, but a lot of the times also like the 40 Hertz, like Japanese water music, that yoga music that just kind of puts you in like a nice Zen state, especially if you're brushing like some enamel coating on some crown and stuff like that. It's kind of just nice to get into a flow state. Okay. And if we're doing exteriors, I'm trying to rock out. So I'll, we'll, we'll kick on some, some Pink Floyd or some, some ACDC, some Metallica, or throw on some hip hop or something in there to get everybody excited. Here you go. Right on. All right, yeah. let's head out to Jersey, Protol, who I know you're a big hey. fan of. Uh, yeah. What are some of the challenges that you face when trying to make time for both family and work? <clears throat> well, really, um, we don't have any kids yet, so this is going to be our first kid. 
And since I own and operate the company with my wife, I don't know about challenges. We enjoy doing what we do. So it's kind of like, let's say we get home from like busting a 12 hour day. You know, we cook dinner with each other. We clean up the kitchen with each other, help each other out, put something on the TV and get the books out, you know, and uh, <clears throat> either write, you know, uh, type up estimates, you know, uh, log in mileage, you know, file paperwork, whatever it is, talk about, you know, so my wife is also like the project manager of the company. So she'll get everything lined up and in order. So, you know, she's out there telling, you know, what we got to do, what needs to get done and in one order. So it's really not a challenge as much as it is just something that we kind of enjoy doing. Let me ask you that question in April, 2022 and see if that answer changes. Let's do it. Right? Baby will be Let's one year old at that point. I'm sure there's going to be some changes in that answer. <laughs> Probably lack of sleep. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's head out to uh, Scotland, CMC Decorators. How much has the game changed since you've been in it? You said you've been 15 years, just for anyone yeah. that hasn't uh, caught the beginning. So you've been in it for 15 years. How much has the game changed since uh, you started? So... I feel like every painter has been in the game for 30 years. <laughs> in my area, almost anyone you talk to has been in the game for 30 years, and it's like, okay. But so me being only in for 15 years, I don't think it's that long, but I was brought up kind of like the old school way, so my dad was very old school about, uh, about painting. Um, so I didn't had any idea about dustless systems. You know, we didn't really do too much spraying with my dad until we got into the industrial side of things. Um, so I, I feel like in terms of like technology, you know, a lot of the, uh, of the technological advances and sprayers and stuff like that, a lot of the things that I just feel like I missed out on, you know, dustless systems. Um, I feel like a lot of the coatings have just gotten a thousand times better. You know, now you have like, like Emerald rain refresh and things like that. Like all these awesome coatings that you can use for exteriors, um, and interiors for that matter. Um, because back in the day, it was just kind of like whatever my dad got, we just kind of threw it on the wall. So I feel like for me now, I can kind of divulge myself more into different coatings and study them more and see what I can best offer for my client and whatever suits their needs. Right on. Rain Refresh, is that the SW? Yes. Okay. I haven't tried that. How is that stuff? I don't do much exterior, but I always wondered. I only heard I'm from... The actual people selling it or their sales guys so what's that stuff like i haven't tried it either man i've just oh, seen it. Tried it i've seen uh, i saw sam the right painter had that huge ass project that they did like two projects ago i know that he used that and i think that he was super happy with uh you know how it sprayed and everything uh so i haven't used it but i'm dying to use it okay right on I, uh, like I said, I, I haven't tried it yet either. And one that I recently tried, because I'm an SW guy. Um, I use Benjamin Moore. I was a Benjamin Moore guy 20 years, but six years I've been using uh, SW. But I haven't had a chance up until recently to try the Scuff X. Okay. You tried the Scuff X? I want to try it so bad. I, that listen. stuff there, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. Let's just put it that way. Even as an SW guy, I mean... I don't want to go to two stores to buy, you know, two different brands for one job or I'd use Scuffix yeah. every day. It was, it was, I, I, for trim, I don't know what it's like on walls. I don't know how, but for the trim, it was beautiful. I really enjoyed working with it. We, we sprayed really some, we sprayed some, we brushed and rolled it. 
Um, we had doors off, put the doors on. And let me tell you how there was a few scuffs, right, on the doors when we were reinstalling. Literally wet rag and freshly painted doors. They were only painted a couple of days ahead and literally just went pop, 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 gone. Oh, with wow. Ease, with these. It, it was good. It was good. That's awesome. Yeah, we usually so, use Pro Classic for trimming doors, but mm -hmm. uh, we had a, well, not we had, we have a cabinetry job lined up for when I'm back in the game, and I'm definitely going to try the Scuff-X. I know uh, Samuel from Sec Painting, I know he uses it and likes it, so I, I definitely want to check that out. Mm -hmm. that, that's my regular uh, go-to is the okay. uh, Pro, Cla Pro Classic is what yeah. I normally, normally go with. But uh, all it's right. It's good stuff. Well, here we go. Let's get into this one then. Scott, right there, AAA. What brand of paint do you use and why? <laughs> uh, so like I said, you know, when we uh, first started the company and, you know, whenever I was doing a lot of industrial, I was always Sherwin-Williams. So I just kind of like, I trust the coatings. I like the coatings. Uh, so Sherwin-Williams is primarily what we use. Um, a lot of super paint, a lot of duration. Um, and like I said, right before I broke my leg, I was using Benjamin Moore. Um, what the hell was I using? I think I was using, I can't remember what I was using. It was exterior. I feel like ever since I broke my leg, things got kind of foggy. <laughs> but we were using a Benjamin Moore product, and I know that I was really enjoying it. Coverage was really nice. Um, there was this house on the siding had like a lot of tannin bleed. So we uh, hit it with the, uh, so <laughs> I used uh, Benjamin Moore for the top coat, but I did use Sherman Williams uh, RX peel bond for a lot of the stuff uh, <clears throat> for the primer beforehand, and um, and we did hit it with the oil on top of that tan for the to prevent some of that tannin bleed. And I mean the the but Benjamin Moore covered it up right up, but I think it, I don't think it was any of the top of the line uh, paints from Benjamin Moore. I think it was kind of like the mid level because it was whatever the uh, customer could afford at the moment. So, like I said, I'm not really, like, brand loyal. I'll use – so – and one of the other reasons why I started to use the Benjamin Moore was because my sales rep was giving me better prices on the paint. Mm -hmm. He was comparing them to, like, whatever I was using for, like, a duration comparison at uh, uh, Benjamin Moore, and it was just more affordable on my end. It was still a good product, but I can still keep a little more of the profit. Yeah, all right. I've been reading through the comments, so I just got to stop for one second. Two things I got to talk about. One, Mickey, I think you've been sniffing submarine primer. because <laughs> and, and let's do Lux is different in Australia. We ain't buying it. We ain't buying it. Don't sit there and say Dulux is the best because we don't believe that shit at all. Um, and then the other one was, uh, who was the other one I had to respond to? KLS. <laughs> down there in Chicago because my wife um, works in Sherwin-Williams. She's a design account executive. And he said my wife wouldn't approve of me using Scuff-X. I just want to let you know, this is Chris's painting. There is no Sherwin-Williams logo on here. I am Chris and I make my own decisions. I have no affiliations and I, I, I can, I am brand loyal, but I'm also available to do whatever I want, use whatever I want. Okay, it has nothing. My wife's job has nothing to do with the products that I use. So I don't even think we get deluxe here in the states. I have never seen it. No, 
I've never seen anyone use it. I haven't seen it in any stores. Um, I know here there's another store called Kelly Moore, Kelly Moore Paints. Uh, we used to use a lot of their stuff. Um, and when we used to do like a lot of make readies, so the apartments, whenever somebody moves out, you just kind of go in there, clean it up and repaint. But I've never really seen Deluxe here. I know Painting by Josh uses it a lot. I know he swears by it. I know Mickey uses it, but I haven't really used it. I've never even seen it over here in the States. Yeah. At least you know, in my area. It's really big in uh, in Australia. They have them yeah. all over the place here too. I mean, obviously people are buying it, but I think that Benjamin Moore and Sherwin have the majority. And I mean, I could be way wrong because Home Depot could be selling a shit ton more of bear paint for all I know. But I think of the actual paint stores, I'm pretty sure Benjamin Moore and SW share that without fully knowing that's just my my guess i'm not a big fan of bear i'm not a big fan of like Vaspar. i don't like i don't really care for the big box stuff if the customer has already purchased it and they're providing it you know whatever we'll throw it on but <clears throat> it's not something that i'm going to go and buy just because you know as contractors we're just not going to get the good price on it mickey said i'm dreaming mickey mickey's the one that sends me a message the other day that told me he had a dream that i drove okay listen to this listen to this guy i drove from canada to Australia, and it took me eight hours. And all I did was went there and said, hey, what's up? And then I jumped in my car, and he's like, where are you going? I said, I'm going home. He's like, dude, we didn't even take a picture. And he's telling me, I'm dreaming. Guys, what are you talking about, Mickey? Get your shit together. All right, let's, let's move on here. We're going to go to uh, England. Nice decor, my buddy Nathan. If you could have had any other job other than painting, what do you think you would have been and why? And please don't say a UPS driver. Hell no, dude. <laughs> never, never. Um, can I pick two? Sure. So <clears throat> I love skateboarding. Um, I had an opportunity at, some, at one point in my time in my life when I was 16 years old to go uh, amateur and move to California. Wasn't allowed to do it. <clears throat> I would have loved to have been able to go pro skateboarder. Um, and I love martial arts. Um I traveled all across the state of Oklahoma fighting in martial arts. Whenever I went to college in Miami, I studied Muay Thai for two years, loved it, had a good time. So if I had to choose a, one of the two jobs, it would be a pro skateboarder or a teacher. I would love to instruct. One of my dreams uh, before was to like open up a martial arts school and be able to teach like underprivileged kids. So like kids that maybe like they couldn't afford to pay for classes, teach them, you know, maybe give them some uh, like a better outlet, you know, teach them some self-discipline. You know, things like that. That's probably what I would have loved it on. All right. Do you think that's on the table for maybe the future? Not pro skateboarder, but the martial arts thing. Martial yeah, arts, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, pro yeah. skateboarder, I mean, you're only getting older, right? Don't they retire at like 25 or something? <laughs> nowadays, yeah. Nowadays, uh, it's surprising with yoga and stuff, man. They're, they're still out there kicking it in their 30s, but <laughs> I'm not going down any more stairs and rails. Those days are done. Right on. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's head out to my wife's question. Emily Grundy, how involved are you in the process of your client's design vision? Uh, very involved. That's one of the things that uh, I think that we enjoy the most. I know <clears throat> I feel like some painters don't really care to be as involved. <clears throat> I think that at some point in time in my career, I'd like to not phase out from painting, but maybe get more specialized and maybe have like a crew that goes and handles like exteriors and things that I really don't care to do. Maybe I can just specialize more in cabinetry and stuff like that. Um, 
but we are very involved from the beginning to the end you know so one of the biggest projects that we had this year was a uh, full brick conversion you know it was like the regular pink brick and she wanted all the brick to go in white the siding to go in white she wanted the soffit and fascia to go in black <clears throat> she had brick pop outs and it was like octagonal and then this big old kind of like a I don't even know what you call it but just kind of like this half circle over a window brick pop out she wanted all that like black accented so we sprayed everything with a brick stain and then we brushed all of the pop outs in the black brick stain and then we hit all of her uh soffits and um fascia with Sharon Williams duration uh tricorn black that was probably one of my favorite ones because <clears throat> it's one of those things that that's another customer that we built a relationship with she's like I call her like one of my cheerleaders her name is Cheryl shout out to Cheryl she's just beautiful person wonderful person and uh <clears throat> she basically said that it's exactly what she had envisioned and she I guess she had spoken to a couple other painters didn't really feel them out and I think that one of the coolest parts was when she said you basically did exactly what I wanted Beautiful. That's great. Now, when a client asks for color help, how do you go about that? Cuz that can always be it could be so, something that works out very well or it can be something that can cause a lot of problems. Yeah, I try to steer them to choose their own color. I'll leave them a color deck and we'll go as far as adding in a 30 to 45 minute color sampling session so we can go and talk and I'll go get you some samples if they pick two or three colors I'll pick maybe two colors in between those I'll talk to the paint rep and see if he can kind of help direct me and what he thinks and I'll let them know like what my customer's wanting and what she's going for <clears throat> like I said we're very adamant about setting a 30 to 45 minute time because one of the things I've learned about owning a business is we can't just waste our time you know so we don't mind we'll definitely go and and help with color sampling but i'm not picking anybody's colors mm -hmm. at the end of the day if they hated it you picked it <laughs> yeah, for sure for sure and i mean yeah. i i spoke about my my big mouth when i worked with a company a long time ago is one of my first professional jobs and we won't get into that one but i made that mistake i got a lot of shit and yeah uh, we'll leave that one there okay heading back to the us let's go to michigan brian wagner painting if you were go if you were to go back and start your painting career over again what would be the biggest change you would make um probably just learning about how to operate a business more uh so that was part of the escape plan but you get so busy with work you know I was being an EPS driver I was working about 55 to 60 hours a week <clears throat> but I was able to take the opportunity when we when we started the business to learn a lot more so I guess if anything uh, probably just to be able to learn about business in general before I started instead of learning business while I'm going Right. Is there anything that you could think of that uh that pops up that you have went through that you may have done different? I'm not sure if I worded that right. I don't know. Word it again for me. Let's just skip it because I don't even know where that was going. Let's go back to Australia. <laughs> RX painters. Best tip passed on from an old boss or family member from when you first started up. 
Uh, be honest. So if you fuck up, if you make a mistake, uh, if you nick something, scratch something, spill paint on something, just be go go to, go talk to the customer and be honest. Let them know what happened. Let them know that you're going to make it right. Don't try to hide something because I feel like that will always come back to bite you in the ass. Honesty is the best policy. For sure. A hundred percent agree with that. All right. Mike's painting also down there in Australia, who I think was my last guest. Uh, what are some of your early day painting blunders from when you started up? I mean, where do I start, dude? Spilling paint, you know, uh, <clears throat> not masking correctly. You know, I'm talking about back in the day when I first started with my dad. I mean, you know, my dad was real old school. So, <clears throat> you know, you weren't allowed to touch a brush. You know, you had to go to all the proper steps, you know you're the one that takes all the tools out. You're the one that masks. You're the one that before any of that, and then you can start caulking and stuff like that. So <laughs> my paint, you know, paint, early paint blenders were just like sucking ass at uh, masking, <laughs> spilling paint. You know, you're my dad telling me, watch out for the paint, watch out for the buckets, watch out for the paint tray. And me just kind of walking around and boop, knocking over paint, stepping into the nine inch paint tray. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I, like I, I'm pretty sure everybody has done that. Yeah. Everybody has stepped in that damn tree. Uh, you know, it was like you saying earlier when you had your little incident, you know, that you could have got it from that ladder, but you decided to step over. It's like, you know, before we climb up that step ladder, knowing the tray, we just step over the tray. So we know we're going to come down the ladder. We could just move that tray over. But we also know that we're going to remember that it's there until we're on our way down and our foot is in it, right? So it's those yeah. things that we just, those two seconds that we overlook can really screw us up, right? But that's man, those, uh, those little little mistakes and accidents happen. Yeah, uh, man. Heading back to England, let's go to London. Rick Appleton, what's your next big purchase to help improve your company? Well, hell, I don't even know about any big purchases at the moment because I'm just trying to focus on getting back in the game and uh, like I said, uh, making it right by all my clients and going up and uh, getting, getting them squared away and getting them taken care of uh, uh, for them waiting for me. You know, I appreciate that. But if I had to choose, it'd probably be two things, a dustless system. So either uh, Mirka or Festool, uh, I'm not, I don't really care either one. I kind of lean more uh, towards the Mirka. Um, and, and I'd love to acquire a trailer at some point. So no van. You're not going to do the van thing. I'm not going to do a van. No, no van. Well, you need, well, you need the truck because it's, is it a four door? Yes. So your, your baby is going to go in the back seat. Not, yeah. Not in the back of a van with tools flying all over the place, right? Definitely not. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's head out to Washington. Josh from Two Coats Painting, who, uh, Mickey, I haven't seen Josh around in a while. You want to put a little uh, manhunt out for him? Yeah, I haven't seen him either. I was just telling my wife that the other day because we usually talk. And I was like, yo, I haven't seen two coats in a little while. It's weird. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get Mickey out. Mickey, Mickey's the hunter. And Mickey, while you're at it, uh, Joel from Slow, San Luis Obispo painting has also been missing now for about two and a half months. Let's uh, let's figure out what's going on with these guys. Joe's the best. Joe, I don't, I don't know where he disappeared to. I love that guy. He's funny. Great guy, and now he's disappeared. Uh, all right, so going back to Josh's question, have you ever used your skill as a painter and transformed them into art, and how? Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not an artist, but I like to mess around. 
you know, so sometimes uh, <clears throat> we end up with like others, uh, like you end up with like 13 freaking uh, sample, you know, sample quartz. And uh, since we do a lot of the carpentry at our jobs, we'll end up with, you know, some solid pine or something like that. So I think it's fun just sometimes to throw a little coat of primer on there, throw a base coat of whatever color, and then just kind of start. So like this last one that I did was just kind of, and it's, <clears throat> like I said, we just moved out of our apartment, so I don't even know where it's at, but it's this like a two by 12 board or no six by 12 board sorry and uh, i threw a base coat of this not, it wasn't tiffany bluish it was kind of more like a it was more like a ocean kind of blue but not really i threw a base coat of that on there and then we had like this sandy kind of color so i threw some sand on there and, and then we had like these real cool kind of like reddish like kind of like different hues that you would see in a sunset or a sunrise so I just kind of created a sun, started doing some rays, had some uh, morning fog gray <clears throat> that we had left over. So I threw some puff clouds in there, had some rocks from a trip that we took in Colorado, got the hot glue gun out and kind of started gluing the rocks on there, like looking like uh, boulders crashing up on the waves. So we, my wife is like a huge crafter. She loves to craft and stuff. So that's kind of like what we like to do is just kind of like make art, not to sell it, but just kind of just to mess around. Sure. Play yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's fun times too, right? Yeah. All right. We're going out to Trinidad and Tobago, the Santos painting. How long were you painting before you could say, I'm an actual real painter? Years. Uh, so whenever I started doing industrial, I was probably <sighs> about eight years in and, uh, that shit kicked my ass, dude. Whenever, and then that was like when I first started getting into spraying. So <clears throat> let me tell you what, it really puts you in your place when you're spraying industrial and you got some, uh, you know, a big ass piece of pipe that's like 50 feet long. <clears throat> it's, you know, 13 feet tall, way taller than you. You got to keep it wet. You know, you're spraying, like I remember this one that we were spraying, it was like this silver metallic color. It was a nightmare, you know, and in industrial, they are real, real strict about that that uh, mill gauge. You know, they want to make sure you got the proper millage on that because that stuff's going out. It, it needs to resist uh, heat and uh, water and stuff like that. So it's probably one of the most heartbreaking things whenever you spray something so big and so large and you have a sag or you don't have the proper millage and now you got to go sand like this one spot and try to match it up with everything else in my opinion and i'm not trying to say anything's easier or harder but i think it's a lot easier to fix something in an exterior and interior than it is to fix a large metal object in industrial coatings mm -hmm. so once i got that dialed in i was like shit all right i got this you know i feel like i'm definitely a painter because i've already done houses and stuff before you know but I've never done stuff like that, but I yeah. think one thing I would really like to do is paint cars. I think that that would be so much fun. You haven't tried that? I've never tried painting a car. The closest yeah. I've gotten, I guess, is, you know, doing like, you know, skids and the industrial stuff, but it's not a car, you know? Mm -hmm. All the curves. I, remember, uh, I painted a car. Really? Yeah, we painted a car. It was one of my buddies was going back like, uh, whoo, maybe about 12 years, maybe even 14 years ago. Uh, Toronto, I can't remember who they were playing, the Leafs. They were playing, uh, can, I can't remember, whatever. One of my buddies, he bought a little, do you remember the Hyundai Pony? 
Yeah. Right? Little, little hatchback. He bought one of those. And we got some blue and white paint. And we painted that thing. There was five of us. We painted it blue and white. Drew leaf logos on it. And that, that's not the type of car painting you're talking about. But I did paint the car. And he drove that piece of crap. He bought it for 100 bucks. We spent like 80 bucks in paint, painting it. And him and three guys drove down all the way down. I, I think it might have been Pittsburgh or something they were playing in the first round. Um, but yeah, that, that, it was fun. That was fun. There's a dude on here on IG, and I think Danny from Top Line. I think that that is where I found him at. I could watch that dude for hours, bro. Like, I would love to go in a legit car spraying booth, you know, where they have like the exhaust and all that and everything, catching all the overspray and everything, and just you just see him just glide, and it's just so fluid and nice. And I think that that would be so fun to do. Mm. Right on. All right, let's head out to a question that I've only been able to ask once and get a, an answer for, and that was uh, one of my guests out of London. And this question comes from a Sherwin-Williams rep here in Toronto, Tom, and he wants to know, what is your hidden talent, and can you demonstrate it live on the show? <laughs> so I guess my hidden talent would be uh, in martial arts. I was like... Uh, it's not very practical. It was more just like a fun thing to do whenever I was doing katas and uh, um, competing in tournaments. I love to do flying sidekicks, dude. <clears throat> Take one, two, three steps and fly seven feet up in the air, suck your legs in and just do a flying sidekick flying, you know, like 10 feet in the air and just watching people's faces like, whoa, that's probably one of my favorite things to do. But I ain't doing it anytime soon at the moment. <laughs> you, you, you can't demonstrate that one live on the show. I can't even demonstrate it. I'll post some pictures, though. I'll post some pictures <laughs> so everybody can see. <laughs> right on. All right. Let's head out to uh, Burlington. Just about a 45-minute drive from me. Painter Ron, what lessons have you learned in building your business, both success and failures? First of all, Painter Ron, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. Um, I was talking to him the other day. He's a good man. Uh, successes and failures in the business? Yes. Well, successes, uh, like I said, just being honest and building relationships, that's been one of the biggest things for me. Um, <clears throat> building relationships here in the community, you know, I don't claim to know everything. I think if you do that, you're just being a jackass. You know, there's always room to learn. Uh, so being able to come out here and if I have a question, I can ask you guys and you guys can answer me. To me, that's success. That's setting yourself up for success, you know, so that you can provide for your customer. Failures. Um, I can't even really think of any failures. I mean, you know, besides trying to set up a business and trying to operate a business, I've been learning so much, you know, about taxes and uh, <laughs> incorporating the company and things like that, trying to set up a team of people around me to be able to be successful and, and operate properly so that all I really have to worry about is painting. Um, but in terms of failures, you know, I'm really not sure because I feel like if you mess up an application or something like that, you know, sand it, figure it out. And redo it. It's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. All right. And he also wants to know who has been the greatest influence on you as a person or a painter? As a person or a painter? I mean, a lot of you guys here have been a grand influence on me. You know, uh, if we're talking about painters, all you guys have been an influence here. 
I think that everyone here has been so positive. Of course, we all shoot the shit with each other and, you know, joke around with each other. I mean, that's just part of it. You know, if you can't take that, then you need to get out of this trade <laughs> or any of the trades for that matter. Um, yeah, man, as far as influence, though, I think that my wife has been a grand influence on me. Um, she was one of the main people. Uh, she's been with me since I was making $160 a week to whenever I was a GPS driver, almost making $5,000 a month, which here in my area is really good. You know, you're doing really good for yourself if you're able to make something like that. Uh, she didn't give a shit about any of that, dude. She didn't care about the money. She didn't care about any of that. All she wanted was for us to be happy. She's always told me since the beginning, I didn't care if we were in a box as long as we were in the box together. That's um, so she was a big help in me being able to make the decision to leave UPS because I was always kind of like, nah, I can't do it. You know, and, and she was like, honey, you're not happy. You know, I know that you're going to be happy. That's a big jump. You know, a lot of guys don't have that. A lot of them do. But a lot of the guys that I speak to with that question um, are just coming from a regular job, you know, making an average money. And you seem to have been making decent money. So to throw away something with benefits and everything else to go and do your own thing you know, and have no, unless you buy it, you're not going to have insurance or this or that. You know what I mean? So that, that's a big leap, man. That's a huge leap. Listen, man, uh, I grew up in Miami, Florida in the straight ghetto. You know, I wasn't born in no silver spoon in my mouth. You know, I was in the hood all my life. Uh, I come from a family of uh, immigrants. And so all we know to do is bust our asses and work hard. And so making it as a UPS driver and, and being able to provide for my family was a big deal. And uh, I'd be lying to you if I didn't miss that lifestyle. Making that money was good. Having full-blown insurance, especially <laughs> knowing what it's like now to not have it, being able to provide that for my wife because she was able to have it too was a really big deal, um, especially coming up from you know the way I grew up. But it was one of those things where I knew if I didn't do it now at 33, I would be kicking myself in the ass at 50 years old in that UPS truck just wondering what if. I don't want to do that. Right on. Gotcha. All right. Let's go to Edmonton. Tallman Painting. Have you ever spilt a gallon of paint on a carpet or hardwood while the homeowners were home? <laughs> all right. So check it out. And this is recently, after 15 years of experience. I, I no shame in the game, baby. It's all good. <clears throat> we were at this house. Drop cloth down and everything. <clears throat> Big old five-gallon. I think it's sealed. It's the customer's five gallon. It's not mine. So I didn't even really pay attention to see if it was properly sealed or not. I grabbed the five gallon to go ahead and shake it, do a couple shakes, put it upside down. And then I notice that there's a couple, there's like three dribbles on the freaking uh, drop cloth. And my wife was like looking at me like, dude. And I'm like, oh shit. And the customers are right here in the kitchen. So I just quickly lift it up. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God lift up the drop cloths because you know some of the drop cloths they'll still leak right through <laughs> thank goodness that we had plastic also underneath so we were good but yeah totally totally almost had a spill right there in front of the customer absolutely what uh what tarps are you using <sighs> i can't even remember the name they, they sell them at sherwin williams i just get whatever they have so whatever drop cloths they have i'll get the non-slips the non-slips drip right through, though, too, sometimes, depending on which one it is. Mm -hmm. I do have a big, big, like kind of like a vinyl one uh, that, that, that doesn't drip through, but I already had that one laid out. This is a huge freaking house. I already had that one completely laid out, 
And so then we had all the other drops laid out. And uh, I happened to do it not on that one. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah some of those uh, light tarps are, I don't know, I think maybe they're for movers, you know, going in and out of houses. I don't know. I don't find the tarp quality as good as they used to be. I find them yeah. a lot thinner. I know they go by the ounce and everything else, and I can't think of the ounces that I buy at the moment or I'd be lying, mm -hmm. but I don't think they make tarps like they used to. The ones that I have from when I first started and some of the ones that I took from uh, my old Greek boss when I left him and he retired, I still have them, dude. Those are the best tarps. You can yeah. open them up, man. I got some of them. You can do it. I think my biggest one is like a 20 by 20. That is not wow. a fun one to shake. It's not a fun one to fold. Uh, mm. it's, it's, but I'll tell you, it is thick as hell. And it takes about a half a tank of gas to get it from the shop to the job. <laughs> That's how damn heavy it is. But no, some of the tarps nowadays are like so thin. I don't waste my money on these paper thin tarps. You know, no, 90 percent of the time now we're rolling out paper. We do use tarps, but majority of the time, because we do a lot of popcorn, meaning full covering of the floors, rolling out yeah. paper, I don't have to get into the tarps too often anymore, thankfully. But yeah. um, I picked up some tarps. Uh, they're, they they stick. I can't remember. They started with a B if they're a bully or something like that. But they were basically uh, like a nice regular tarp on the top. And then the back is almost like sticky, but one full sheet. It's not the little black dots. It's just one full sheet. You could pour a four liters of water and that ain't going through. That's like the vinyl one that I have. The big vinyl one is legit, dude. You can spill anything on it and, and nothing, nothing's going through. Mm -hmm. It was my dumb ass that decided to do that, not on that one. Yeah, yeah you know what? It, it happens. It happens all the time. Uh, okay, let's head out to England. Brogan, Trady Lady Club UK. What inspired your business name? <laughs> uh, so my wife's name is Raven, and my name is Henry. And uh, this is even before we'd really decided that it would be the name of a paint company. We were uh, going downstairs of our apartment one night, just drunk, acting silly. Uh, we were living, uh, our apartment was right over the pool. So we're about to go to the pool, grow some steaks. We're just having a good time and just bullshitting. I always like to bullshit and rhyme and play around and stuff. And so we were just playing around one day, going down the stairs like, yeah, RNA solutions, no stress, only solutions. And I was like, yeah, RNA solutions. I kind of like the sound of that, you know, because it's kind of just broad. You know, it could be for really anything. You know, you have a problem, we'll fix it. And then it just really just kind of stuck because it was like, you know, if we're going to go into business together, RNH Solutions, as long as we at least create and design the logo to where it kind of speaks to the customer that we obviously are a paint company, but we're broader than that. We can also do carpentry trim and stuff like that. So if you have a solution, we got it. No stress. Only solutions, baby. So you have another hidden talent, apparently. It sounded like no. you were like freestyling there. <laughs> you get your wife and you guys can drop a freestyle together. <laughs> That's basically all I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it? RNA solution. We got your solution? No, nah, RNA solutions. No stress, only solutions. RNA solutions. No stress, only solutions. I got to wrap on that for you. <laughs> Give me until tomorrow night. No, it's New Year's Eve tomorrow night. But there's yeah. no parties. We're in lockdown over here. What are you guys doing? Uh, we're just kicking it, bro. We're just going to hang out here, maybe cook a little something up and just relax. Everything's open down there in Oklahoma? Or what's your situation <laughs> with the virus and shutdowns and stuff like that 
Oh, dude, apparently Oklahoma is like number one in the freaking USA for COVID. <laughs> okay, so everything is open and you can go sit down and wine and dine and hit the bar and everything else? I think that they have some restrictions right now, but there are things are open. Yeah, so people are still doing things, but there are some restrictions. I think that the bars, I'm pretty sure, are closing like at, at 10 or 11 or something like that. But from what I see, people are still going, eating at restaurants. As a matter of fact, there's like this biker bar on the way to my dad's house. We were passing through the other day, packed, mm -hmm. full, completely. Because yeah. the, the, the virus doesn't wake up until 11 o'clock at night. So it's okay to yeah. keep the bars open until that time, right? Exactly. It, it, it works on the clock, that one there. All it right. has a curfew. That's it. Sorry, let's head out to uh, Calgary. Danny from Top Line. How That's do you the board about, out there. How do you feel about putting your work up on a public platform such as Instagram or Facebook? I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, I mean, I have nothing to hide, you know. <clears throat> I want to do everything to the best of my ability. And um, I have pride in my work. And I think it's fun to share with everybody else. Um, you know, I like to share everything. <clears throat> so obviously before my leg broke, I loved doing stories of the entire process, you know, from getting in, doing the carpentry, doing stories, doing a little walk around, letting everybody know what we're doing, uh, priming all the caulking, you know, it was, I mean, for me, it's fun. I think it's, I think it's cool to be able to share with everybody else because <laughs> at the end of the day, not very many people give a crap about what we do. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think it's fun. And like I said, I, I look at it more as kind of like a portfolio. It's just a good place to kind of have all of our before and afters in one central location, and we can just show the customer or, or direct them to the page at least. Right on. All right, uh, let's head out to Hawaii. Sam, the right painter. When do you see yourself being able to retire from being a painter? Because many of us do not. <laughs> I mean, I don't really see myself retiring from being a painter. Um, obviously, I would love to grow the company and um, uh, maybe have a few employees. Um, I don't see myself on ladders at 70 years old, you know, but I, I, I always want to continue painting. Um, I really would just like to get into like a certain niche. So like cabinetry and stuff like that. I'd love to do that. Uh, <clears throat> Che Turner, he's one of like my biggest inspirations. I love a lot of the work he does. Uh, Zach from ZK, his crew is phenomenal. I love a lot of the entry doors that they do. I think that for me, <clears throat> growing up and getting older, I would love to have the company still operating, doing interiors and exteriors, but me not having to focus so much on that as much as I'd like to focus on entry doors, cabinetry, things like that. But I don't really see myself retiring. Uh, once you retire, man, you die. That's Movement it. is life. You got to keep not. going. That's correct. All right. We got, uh, what are we here? Last question? Or we do two more? These are the last two. Let's go to Todd Burwell. How do you deal with problematic customers that are uneasy to deal with even after going above and beyond for? How do I deal with them? Yes. <sighs> even after going above and beyond. I mean, as long as they write the check, I'm gone. As long as everything's fine. <clears throat> you know, we've learned, especially uh, my wife and I have learned through having our own business to have everything documented. The bid, through the email exchanges, um, everything, everything documented so that at the end of the day, as long as we did what we were supposed to do, <clears throat> we also learn about customer expectations. You know, what is it that you expect? Uh, because I feel like most people always try to add something on or most people are like, well, I thought this was going to get done and that thing and this was and that was going to get done. So 
I feel like as long as you cover your ass and they write the check at the end, I just move on. Uh, luckily, I haven't really had to deal with that much, though. It's been pretty cool um, with the customers that we've had <clears throat> throughout the year. They've all been really nice. Thank goodness. I know that they won't always be that way, but they've been pretty easy going so far. Right on. All right. Let's wrap up with this one. What makes you different from other painters? <clears throat> Well, I don't know what makes me different from other painters here in the community on Instagram because I feel like we all are very similar in like how we like to do things. But in my area, what makes us different is the customer experience. Like I said, we like to build relationships. We like to do exactly what the customer wants. So like I said, we ask what their expectations are, what it is that they're wanting. And also another thing that I think that makes us different is our prep. We go full blown on our prep, which I feel like here, on the community, not very many people are going to be like, okay, why is that a big deal? But I'm sure just like you and other guys here, you guys show up to these houses. Like one of our favorite jobs are to, <clears throat> here in Oklahoma, the winters are very bad. And I know that a lot of people, they don't freaking prime. It's so obvious they don't prime because the paint just peels right off. There's not even a hint of primer on these facials, uh, fascia boards or siding. So we scrape, 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 scrape. Prime, cock, fill holes, fill grains, you know, two coats. We're all about making sure that it's going to leave behind a nice quality finish and something that's going to last. Now, why is it not primed? Is it because, uh, you know, the previous painter might have been listening? Could have been a homeowner. You know, a lot of these uh, paint companies and big box stores, they sell their paints as, you don't need to prime. It's built in. Yeah. Go oh my God. Go put it right over your exterior trim where it's going to be. Prime and warm. It's going to be plus 40, which is very hot in Canada, not yeah. uh, Fahrenheit. Okay. Plus 40 <laughs> in the summer and minus 40 in the winter. But just don't put primer on that. Maybe yeah. that's why it's. Uh, I think yeah. one of the one of the biggest things here, man, from what I've noticed here in the northeastern part of Oklahoma, is I think it's just laziness. Uh, and I'm not trying to like crap on anybody or anything like that. It's just what I see. I think it's just people that don't want to go through the proper steps of painting or people that call, you know, <clears throat> I know, you know, alpha painting, Aaron, mm -hmm. is one of his favorite things to say is people that call themselves painters. You know, I see that all the time in this area. And um, I feel like if you're not going to go through every step of the process and at least respect it, you're not a real painter. Mm -hmm. For sure. Prep is the most important thing, as we all know. Uh, Prep is key. But, you know, I think a lot of times what happens is a lot of guys get too overly busy, overbook themselves, and then they have to start rushing, you know. And these guys are, you know, if they're getting reviews online, these are 10-star guys. You know, they've been 10 stars for 10 years, but now they started getting too busy, you know, and there's nobody that they can find to hire that's decent. And they just keep telling people, yes, yes, so now they have to hurry. And they're scheduling. They're not doing the prep, and that's when their their rating starts dropping. So they're no longer that ten star because their quality start dropping, right? And at the end of the day, it's gonna bite them in the ass. Prep is yes, key, as we all know. Covering everything up is important, and yes, I don't know what else to say. It's been a long hey. day. I think I woke up at yeah. four o'clock. It's almost eleven now, and you know what? Tomorrow is my last day. I, I love people when they, they look at these IG things and believe everything they see when I'm running out of the job for the last day of 2020 at fucking 8 o'clock in the morning. No, <laughs> I was just beginning my day. Don't, it doesn't matter what time I post a video. 
when you look at that video in March, you're going to look at it and say it's an old video, you know? Mm. Anyways, Henry, I was about to call you Aaron. Henry, I appreciate uh, your time. It was nice chatting with you and getting to know a little bit more about yourself. Next week, Thank we're you. back on, I hope, the normal Tuesday. I know um, it's been pretty hectic for myself to be here every Tuesday. I try my best and... You know, I do book people months in advance, like we're backed up into March here. So, I mean, everybody's booked in for Tuesday and we have the odd Saturday for a couple Aussies. But, uh, yeah. you know, my full intentions is to be here for Tuesday at nine o'clock Eastern. Sometimes that can't happen. Sometimes it's actually the last minute, but uh, it's just the way it is. So in case you had nothing to do last night because you were looking for us, it's tonight. It was all a trick. Next week, I hope you'll be back on Tuesday. <laughs> I forget what I was saying. And we are heading out to L.A. I have L.A. Crown Painting. Again, I booked people from months in advance, so I got to check and see that we're still good with that one. And then uh, after that, we have Pedro from Steady Line Painting, who I believe I just saw here. And then we're heading out to one of my favorites, Nice Decor, Nathan. He's uh, one of my good buddies. You know, it's, it's funny because I was talking, talking about this uh, the other week that you know, some of these guys on IG, I just know them through my phone, video chatting with them, talking to them on message and video and everything else. But I carry on with these guys. Some of you guys I carry on better with than my actual real life friends. You know? <laughs> hey, same here. It's like sometimes I just, I click with a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys, yeah. is like we've known each other forever. Like even Mickey, you know, controversial Mickey. That's one of my best buddies right there. <laughs> You know? Dude, Mickey's now, now, let me tell you something. If Mickey, I was talking about this to Mickey the other day, so I'm not making shit up. I said to Mickey, you know, as good of friends as we are right here, if you lived on my street, we probably wouldn't even be buddies. <laughs> you know, we keep our yeah. friendship on IGs and uh, that's it. But yes, Henry, thanks again. Did you have anything you. you wanted to add to the show before we go? No, nah, man, just thank you for having me on. I appreciate what you do. It's uh, it's fun to see uh, the show. It's fun to get to know everybody on a personal level. And uh, if I had anything else I wanted to say, I just want to thank everybody again for uh, everyone's help, the words of encouragement, and just for everyone's wisdom and guidance. I appreciate everybody. Thank you guys so much. My family right appreciates you too. Yeah, right on. Well said. And Mickey, yes, that was a lie. We'd be best buddies. We'd be such good friends. I would empty my shed and you could live right in my yard. <laughs> Ending with that one, guys. Have a good week. Uh, happy New Year. Don't drink and drive. If you're going anywhere tomorrow, be safe. And we will see you next week. Take Peace. care. Peace.